Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. It seems so spirit-led that um, Deidre and I were asked to speak uh, two days after celebrating our wedding anniversary. Yeah, we are, we're, ce- we're actually celebrating 19 years together, you know, and, you know, and um, it's not us. It's God. It's God. It's God. Whatever you give to God, trust me, he will. He will honor you. He will take care of you. And it's all him. So... 19 years togetherness, you know, pretty lovely. I enjoyed it. And if I had to do it over again, I'll do it all over again. There's no doubt about that. But I must be careful about boasting about my 19 years because I will be reminded later by my parents that they are actually 48 years. So I am nowhere in, near to them as yet. So, um, as I said before, we're going to be talking about healthy marriages, right? And um, one definition I've come across is that healthy marriage refers to a mutually satisfying relationship that is beneficial to the husband and wife and also to children. It is a relationship that is committed to ongoing growth. And I hope you will take note of this word growth, growth. Right? Utilizing the skills of effective communication and conflict management. Well, all these skills that we have to have to have a healthy marriage also, you know, we need God to help us to achieve them. You know, we cannot do it on our own. And I'm, I'll be emphasizing that right throughout the night, that we cannot do it on our own. It has to be God. All right. Um, mar- marriage was ordained by God. You know that, right? The first union uh, took place was with Adam and Eve, right? And uh, if I don't know if you have ever taken notice, but the first book of the Bible in Genesis 2, 24, and also, the, you know, the Bibles are in two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the f- first books of both the Old and the New Testament mention marriage. The union. So in Genesis 2.24, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So this was the first instruction of marriage or the first ordained marriage by God. And then in the New Testament, it was reinforced again by Jesus when he was speaking to the Pharisees in Matthew 19, 5 to 6, and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So here we see where marriage was actually ordained. It was mentioned in Genesis, and then it was reinforced when Jesus came back on earth again. Right? There are two points, there are two words, actually, are two things I want to mention in the scripture here. It said leaving. Leaving. 
And in marriage, it is actually the case, leaving means relinquishing all other relationships deemed as priority before to focus on establishing, establishing a relationship with the new spouse. Now, a lot of times we have our habits as a single person where we, for example, the men, we're coming off work, we'll stop somewhere, you know, go have fun with our friends, you know, do something else. Maybe the ladies, they'll stop, they go shopping and all that stuff. But at this point in time, we cannot just think about ourselves. We have to remember that we have our spouse now at a home who's waiting, maybe looking through the window. Every minute, working on the watch, peeping through the window to see you drive up or to see you walk up. And we cannot disappoint them. You see, there's laughing. I know that it happens, you know. So we cannot be selfish. We are going to be thinking about our spouse now because it's not you alone anymore. So you'll have to leave. You'll have to leave a lot of those things behind and then look forward to building something that is new with your spouse. All right? Join together. <laughs> Join together. So right now it is telling you that another word that was used in the um, King James Version was cleaving. And, it's, and it means join together, right? And basically, at this point in time now, you will have to be one. It's no more about me or about you. It's about you, the two of you together as one, right? So no more having a different bank account here at one there, having one is going here, one is going there. At this point in time, we need unity. And that is why the Bible mentioned it as one. All right? During my research, I've came up across some points which I'm going to be talking about. And it says uh, keys to a successful marriage. Now, marriage is based on love and respect. It doesn't just happen. Both spouses have to do their part. I will outline some important work on each day to make your marriage successful. So here we come again. Um, marriage is not just, say, a walk in the park. It's something that you got to work to do. It's something that you got to work at. The more you work at it, the better it becomes. All right? So it's something that we got to work on. First one is communicate clearly and, clearly and often. Talking with your spouse is one of the best ways to keep your marriage healthy and successful. Be honest about what you're feeling, but be kind and respectful when you communicate. Part of a good communication is being a good listener and taking the time to understand what, is your, what your spouse wants and needs from you. Keep the lines of communication open by talking often, and not just about things like bills and the kids. Share your thoughts and feelings. It's just like our Christian relationship with Christ. The more we are in communication with him, expressing our love for Christ, the closer you will be to him. Right? So that, it works, that goes for the marriage too. You know, the more you communicate with each other, the more you share your feelings with each other, the closer you're bonded. All right? Tell your spouse that you are thankful for having him or her in your life. Appreciate each other, your relationship, your family, and your lives together. 
Show gratitude when your partner cooks dinner, helps the kids with their homework, or does the grocery shopping. It may help to make a few minutes each evening to tell each other at least one thing you appreciated that day. So here again, we have to show appreciation, right? So by recognizing what your spouse does for you, don't just walk up, oh, yeah, it's okay, it's fine. Yeah, she's supposed to do it, or he's supposed to do it. That, that's what a wife is all about, or husband is all about. No. Let us be appreciated of the little things. If you can appreciate the little things, you'll appreciate the big things even more. So let us just take time out, you know, and recognize the fact about our spouse, what they do for us, and be appreciative. Even if sometimes they do it and it doesn't come out the way you want it to. You know, but at least show appreciation, then the correction. Don't go to him and get angry. Oh, I didn't want it like this. You know? No, 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 that's not right. Show the appreciation, then the correction. All right? Make time, make time for you two as a couple with work and family responsibilities. It can be easy to lose the romance factor. Plan so special dates. Either go out or just stay home. If you have children, send them on a play date while you relax. Take, talk and enjoy each other's company. Sadly, this, this is one of the things that is missing in a lot of marriages today. You know, we, they don't spend time together. We're so busy. Um, we get up, we work so hard, we come in, we're tired. The aim is just how uh, we come in, get something to eat, go to bed. We get up in the morning, and it's just like a routine. You know, but time will not be just available like that. Time will not be hanging at the door and saying, here I am, take me. Time is something that we have to plan. Time is something that we have to make adjustments in our life to, to accommodate certain things. And this is one of the most precious things that we'll have to make time for. Because if you don't do this, you'll be surprised how you take time and you drift apart. And sometimes when, you, when it actually happens, you'll ask yourself, what really happened to us? But that's where it starts. It starts with the little things, then it gets bigger. So again, let us address the little things. All right? Plan for some personal time. Alone time is just as important as couple time. Everyone needs time to recharge. Think, enjoy personal interests. That time is often lost when you're married, especially if you have kids. Go out with friends, take a class, do volunteer work, whatever you find enriching. When you're back together with your spouse, you'll appreciate each other even more. So... Marriage is not a bondage or a cage or a prison that you're, you're in. A lot of people is of that concept, you know. They say the ring is the smallest handcuff. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Just imagine the smallest handcuff. Anyway, that is not so. You know, and um, once you have a marriage, marriage is about understanding. Marriage is about, you know, being mutual with each other. Sometimes we'll have to go out. You know, at church here, we have our men's fellowship. You know, we fellowship with each other and whatever. We have the women's ministry where they meet up, they go out and have fun. You know, it's all there. 
So it's not a matter of fact that you're just caged in with this person. Oh, I can't go here. I can't go there. I can't do nothing or whatever. That's not what it's all about. All right? Understand that it's okay to disagree. That's a big one. You won't agree on everything, and that's just the reality. We are different people. No, no two persons are exactly the same. Right? So there's going to be disagreements. But, but it is important to be fair and respectful during disagreements. Listen to your spouse's point of view. Try not to get angry and don't let yourself become too frustrated. Walk away and calm down if you need to. Then discuss the problem again. You're both in a better frame of mind. Compromise on problems so that you won't, so that you both give a little. So one of the worst things is having a person angry and then you get angry. It's just like adding fuel to the fire. Right? One has to be calm. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not going to be easy. But the suggestion is sometimes, I mean, if it means that you need to walk away, take a little break to calm yourself down, do that. Because it's not nice in heated moments when certain statements are exchanged and those statements are regrettable statements. Right? So try to calm yourself. We need to be dealing with this amicably. Understand. As I said before, we are not alike. And there are just some things that you'll have to give up to meet each other halfway. Right? You can't be hard-headed where, oh, it's going to be my way. This is how I want it. And the other person is going to be that way too. It won't work. You know, we have to compromise. We have to compromise. We have to give up a little, you know to achieve what we are supposed to achieve. Build trust. Marriage therapist and researcher John Gottman, PhD, has found that criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling are serious threats in a marriage. The more a couple engage in these destructive activities, the more likely they are to divorce. His decades of research and of working with couples have shown that spouses who stay together know how to fight without hostility and to make responsibility of their action. They are also more likely to respond quickly to each other's wishes to make up after fights and repair the relationship. That's another key factor that we have to have in our relationship, trust. If you don't, if you don't trust your spouse or your, your spouse don't trust you, it's very serious because the mind will always be spinning out of or whack when that spouse is not around you, wondering what is happening, this could be happening. And it's so bad that people are actually led into these feelings and will even end up following their spouse to see what is actually happening. You know, and sometimes innocent situations may turn to serious situations. You know, socially talking to someone of the opposite sex and then what happened? That person drive on and because of mistrust, jealousy, all that start to flare in the mind and then 
there ensue an argument or a fuss or a fight. You have to trust your partner. That's key. Learn to forgive. Everyone made mistakes. I can tell you that. No one is perfect. There are going to be mistakes. Your spouse may hurt your feelings or do something that upsets you. And that may make you angry, even furious. But it's important to deal with your feelings and let them go and move on. Don't keep bringing up the past. Just as how Jesus forgives us, we should do the same. Sometimes it may be hard, but if you ask him, he will help you. Remember to remain committed to your spouse, your family, and the life that you have built together. Support each other emotionally and speak every day in every way. Now, I don't know if you were taking notes, but each of these topics is actually what Jesus does for the church and requires of us, right? As I said, it requires communication. And it means that we have to pray every day. We have to be in constant communication and to maintain that relationship with him. Right? We have to do that. So we have to communicate with him. And we have to tell Jesus, just as how we have to tell our spouse how thankful we are for having them, that's the same way we have to tell Jesus. We have to appreciate him. We have to tell him thanks, right? And know that, let him know that we appreciate him. Make time for your spouse. The same thing for Jesus. You have to spend time. You have to make time for him. As I said, time is not hanging on the door waiting to say, take me. You will have to make time. Just as though you'll have to make time for your spouse, that is the same way you have to make time for Christ. So, following this, it means that you have to plan some personal time with him too. You know, spend time with him. Be alone with him. Shut out everything that is happening around you and spend some time with him. All right? And trust. You have to learn to trust God. In everything, in every day of your life, you have to learn to trust him. And know that he's a Jesus who is going to take care of you. Jesus refers to the church as his bride. Right? And we are the church. So we are his bride. And therefore, these are, this is a really, these are things we have to do in order to maintain a relationship with him also. Just as all we have to do it literally in our marriage here on earth, that's the way we have to do it spiritually with him also. All right. Okay, at this point in time, I'm going to be asking Deidre to tell us how important praying for our spouses. Deidre. Okay. We know that prayer is a very important tool. And I'm sure each and every one of us that are here tonight have had some point in our lives when we ask somebody to pray for us, whether it's a financial need, we need healing, we need 
you know, provision for our family. There's something that we pray about, whether we want our family member to be saved. So this is no different, right? We need God to sustain our marriages. And most of what um, Richard said, I'm going to reiterate it because marriage is very important. It's important to God. He's the one who ordained it. And the reason why marriage came about is because we, we were attracted to the opposite sex. And that attraction, it blossomed into love. And we know that love is the bond that joins every healthy relationship. And as he said earlier on, if something is healthy, it grows. If you don't believe me, go there and plant a flower and don't take care of it and see what happens. And if you cherish and nurture that flower, it will grow and it will blossom and it will look beautiful. It's the same thing with our marriages. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 and 13, I don't know if you have it. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So you see, these three are very important. God teaches us about faith. He told us that we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. And he said, what, what is the substance of faith? It's hope. If we have, all of us, hope to live to see tomorrow. Right? We, there are so many different things that we hope to see. But love these, these two things are very, very important, but the greatest of these is love. And we know that God is love. He's the source of love. The scripture tells us that what? God sent his only son into this world, that we through him can live a sinless life because he bore all our sins on the cross. Okay, we have an enemy. And who you think the enemy is? Our partner? No, they're not. The devil, the scripture tells us that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And because God ordained marriages, he does not like God. So whatever God ordains, the devil wants to destroy it. And since we are being obedient to God's word and we are, we are in marriage, he wants to destroy your marriages. And guess what happened? Any kingdom that divided against itself, it cannot stand. So if we're in constant war with our partners, there's not going to be peace in the home, right? So that is where prayer comes in. In order for us to maintain a happy, fulfilled, and blessed life, there are building blocks that we use to achieve having a happy relationship until death do us part. We have heard countless of stories. Richard just told us earlier about his parents who have been married for over 48 years, right? And if you ask them, 
I'm sure they have had challenges. It was not all easy road. But they know, they knew, or even us, we have been married for 19 years. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, it was all beautiful. It was very nice. We never had a quarrel. Everything was just smooth sailing. No, I would be lying. I would be. But guess what? We have to learn, as he said earlier on, how to respect each other. We have to learn to compromise. When, I, when we were getting married, my marriage counselor, Bishop Hutchinson, he told us that when we are going into marriage, we should not go into marriage because of what we want. We should go in marriage to make the other person happy. And if, we, if I make him happy and he makes me happy, what do you think is going to be? We are both going to be happy because I'm going to do things that he likes and he's going to do things that I like. It's not about me and what I want. The me, the myself, all that turn into ours. It turns into us. We become one now. So we don't do things selfishly. Okay. Prayer changes our heart and our mind towards others. Prayer should be the foundation of everything in our life, especially in our marriages. It is, the bond in marriage is so strong and powerful, even the devil recognizes it. That's why he wants to destroy it, right? And if the thing about marriages what he, he attacks most is the peace, the peace of mind that we have. As Richard said earlier on, we have to trust because our mind can deceive us. There, I think there is a saying that so we must believe half of what we see and three quarters of what we hear, something like that. But he's just saying that we should not believe everything that we see or hear everything that we hear because most of the time, it's nothing like that. We should try and find out the truth. And God is our, our, God is our only source. He's our only help. He said he's our refuge and our strength in the time of trouble. So when our marriage is in trouble, let us put on our spiritual garment. Let us get out our, our weapon. And what is our weapon? Our weapon is prayer. It's praise and thanksgiving. That is how we are going to fight the devil. We hear so many different news today. We hear about divorce. We hear about separation, domestic violence, emotional turmoil, verbal abuse, and the list goes on, right? So we have to take time out to fast and pray. It is very, very, very important for us, for us to pray for our spouse. The scripture told us, we, our spouse needs strength and they need encouragement. Sometimes they have a stressful day. Sometimes they are going through financial, you know, need. Sometimes they are suffering from sickness, burden of life. So they need us to pray for them, to encourage them. And it is so important when we know that persons are praying for us. It, tell, it tells us that they love us and they care about us. Marriage is not easy work. I'm living testimony of that. And I'm sure a lot of you here that are still married, you can attest to that, that it requires sacrifice, right? It, 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 it requires a lot to put in. 
especially when you have children. You have to balance your life. You have to find time for your husband or your wife, and you have to find time for your children. Because even, I have a friend, she once told me that her husband was being jealous because he's saying that she's spending most of her time with her kids. And that started to cause a rift between the family because they weren't understanding each other. I encouraged her, I said, tell you what, go down on your knees and pray and ask God for wisdom and ask him to help you in areas that you're weak. And I'm telling you, today they are doing so much better. So we see where prayer is very important. When we, are, when we need healing, what do we do? Exactly, we go to the doctor, of course, but what? Prayer is our number one resort. We pray. Sometimes we go to the doctor and the doctor can't even help us. But when we pray, when we ask for prayer, we witness God's divine intervention. And this is no different. This is no different. He will help us. Prayer can make your spouse and your marriage way, way, way better. The Bible says in Philippians 4, verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The Bible did not say be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, alone. So meanwhile, you're praying and asking God, to help you, to give you wisdom, to give you knowledge, to give you direction. Give him thanks for what he, has, what he is about to do in your life. Because we all know that nothing is impossible with God. If he can raise the dead, he make the lame to walk, he make the blind to see. Tell me what is impossible for him to do. So no matter how bad our marriage is tonight or if we're going through a rough path, just take it to God in prayer. Just give it to him. Lay it at the altar. Tell him, God, this is what is happening. I need your help. You are the only one that can, you know, make this okay. You are the one that can bind us together. In the place of prayer, burdens are released. Hearts are changed. Obstacles are removed. There's more compassion, more understanding, more love more joy, more intimacy. Because while praying for your spouse, you yourself are also being renewed. You are being changed. So prayer, even when you're praying for the person to be changed, you yourself are being changed because God is working on your heart so that you can be a better person. Right? Let us just get into the mood of spiritual warfare because the Bible tells us that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against what? Principality, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So sometimes when we see things happening, it's not the person themselves. It's just the devil working against us and our margins. So we have to war in the spirit. We have to tell the devil, listen, you can't have what God has given to me. Right? When David, when David was with the Philistine, and this Philistine threw him out, and he went back. When he went back to the camp, his wife and his children and all his belongings, they were gone. But he didn't take it upon himself and say, I'm going to pursue them. I'm going to take it. He inquired from God and said, God, should I, 
should I pursue them? And God say, yes, pursue them because you shall recover it all. So some of the time when the devil step in our life, we have to get radical. We have to get militant and say enough is enough. You cannot have my children. Or some of our children, they are, on, they are alcoholic. They are on drugs. We need to step in the gap. We need to say enough is enough. God has given me this and he will not take it. Right? So we have to take it by force. We have to take it by force. And if God is on our side, nothing can hinder us. All marriages have its ups and downs. And Richard already told us that. So we need prayer in our life. Fasting. That sometimes, prayer alone sometimes cannot do it. But when we fast, it makes a whole lot of difference. We need to be spiritually alert. And this can come only in the place of prayer, as I said before. It keeps the world at bay. It transforms self, selfless hearts. It derails the devil plan and it tears down stronghold. Let your spouse know that you are there to provide support for them. Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. As we seek to build strong marriages with our spouse. Stand up and put the devil in his place. Live victoriously. Dream courageously. Love passionately and engage tenaciously. If God asks us to pray for our enemies, right? What says about our spouse? He did. He said that we should love our enemies and pray for our enemies. So why shouldn't we pray for the person who we, who we love and say we, we're going to spend the rest of our life with until death do us part? We can have the marriages and spouse of our dreams no matter how bad the devil fights us. Always remember, prayer changes things. And a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. So we need prayer in our life. God bless you. Okay, um, at this time, we'll be reading um, from Ephesians 5, 22 to 31. But um, I mentioned 31, but I'll be going to 33. And it says, wives, submit to your own husbands, as the Lord, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wife, just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she be holy without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church, for we are the members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, 
and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Never let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, husbands, uh, Christ say that we are the head of the wife. A lot of time, this is very controversial because of a wrong interpretation. We are not supposed to be thinking as husbands that we are putting this dominant authority based on our gender. But we have to look at it at a heavy spiritual responsibility required of husbands, just as Christ exemplified for the church. So don't let us think that, oh, we are the man. We are in control. We rule. That's not, what it's, that's not it. I'm sorry, man, to disappoint you, but yeah, that's true. The fact is that it's a responsibility that we have. All right? Now, there's a little quote that my wife always comes to me, especially when she wants stuff. She's always saying, happy wife, happy life. So she's telling me that from she's happy, everybody else will be happy. But... Tonight, I'm going to add a little spin to it. I'm not going to pay for it when I go home. But this is the sacrifice I'm willing to make for you all. So I'm going to say, happy husband, happy wife, equals a happy life. Uh, I know we have uh, people here who are not yet married, younger persons who are still single. I don't want you to be afraid of what you hear we saying, that marriage have its challenges, marriage is challenging, all, all that stuff. We're just telling you the fact, but let me tell you something. When marriage is based on the principles of God, it is a beautiful thing. It is honorable. So don't be scared to venture out on that path of getting married. It's something that you'll never forget. It's something that is ordained by God for you all to enjoy. I know we have said a lot here, and a lot of people may say, yes, it is so easy to say, but it's so hard to do. But as Deidre mentioned, prayer. Prayer. And with God in the mix, there's no way you can fail. You cannot. So I implore you all, give your marriages to God. And whoever is not married, make sure you give your marriage to God. When it is in God's hand, the devil cannot take it out. Because he has already been defeated. And once God has the victory, you're good. Don't try to do it on your own. Because I can tell you, you'll fail miserably you'll fail miserably. And the devil is not, a fear, not afraid of us. I can tell you that. But when God is there, you have to stand.
you have to stand off. And once you put these, your marriages on these principles of God, you don't leave a loophole for him to creep in. All right? So it will be well taken care of. So love. Love your spouse. Enjoy your spouse. Enjoy your marriage. Enjoy your family. That is what God wants for us. So tonight, as we end, we don't want to get too long to get you all boring sitting down and looking at us. But we're going we're gonna to ask everyone to stand and we're going to be praying for everyone. Marriages, we're going to be praying for, um, you know, future marriages. You know, we're going to be praying God's blessing on everything. Let us pray. Most righteous Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you. Tonight we glorify you. Tonight we worship you. We exalt your magnificent name for giving us this opportunity, dear Jesus, to be able to speak to your children. Mighty God, we pray that whatever we have said, whatever you have given us to say, Almighty God, that hearts will be open to receive. And we pray that marriages will be healed. We pray that persons will have a different perspective in their marriage this evening. We pray as we step out these walls, mighty God, there will be a difference in the home. There will be a difference in the heart. Mighty God, and not only will we keep it to ourselves, but we will share it with those around us, almighty God. A lot of people in this world, a lot of marriages in today, these people need to hear these things. They need to hear from you. They need to know, Almighty God, that with you all things are possible. And it doesn't matter what problems they are going through tonight. You cannot, there's not a problem that you cannot solve. There's nothing too great that you cannot handle. And all we have to do is to put it in your hands tonight. Tonight, God, we thank you for what you have done. Tonight, we are thanking you for what you're doing presently right now. And we are thanking you, God, for what you are about to do. We thank you for deliverance of marriages from the enemy. We thank you for victory in the lives of your people. Mighty God, all glory and honor goes to you. And tonight, Jesus, step in those marriages. Mighty God, tonight, those who are planning to get married, mighty God, enlighten them, dear Jesus, that they will put their marriage in your hands and not try to take it all by themselves. Mighty God, tonight, I thank you, and I praise your name, and I bless your holy name. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.